the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. It is Friday, and we will start today's show by talking about um, the um, MLB trade deadline news um, coming in. Of course, um, deals being finalized as Anthony Rizzo um, heads to New York. Um, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer are um, on the Dodgers after a trade yesterday. Um, And those are interesting trades because um, both teams um, will get things, and most of these trades happen with prospects. Um, uh, Starling Martez was prospects. Um, Rizzo was prospects. Um, and many, many more were traded for prospects. Um, and these, um, types of players really, um, are going to be super duper duper good in their new organization. Um, but we don't know, um, what they can bring, um, especially, but, most of these um, trades, we will get to see them play at least next week. Um, and we've already seen um, great consistency out of Nelson Cruz with the Rays um, and Jock Peterson with the Braves. Um, and when I look at what um, trades can do for a team they can um, improve a team's um, stature and what um, how we look at a team. Um, there, of course, contention um, along with um, how they approach a game plan where they can get um, that star player involved um, and how um, lineup changes can be made. Um, and guys that necessarily wouldn't start would be, um, would be taken off, um, um, the lineup and, uh, starting in the field. So when I look at what Anthony Rizzo did with the Cubs, I look at what, um, how great, um, he hit the ball. Um, he hit really, really well, um, especially in that, um, season where they won a World Series, um, Anthony Rizzo has been, um, pretty much on point, um, for now, and for him to join, um, the Yankees would be a is a great thing, um, for him to do, um, he's got 80 hits, um, 14 home runs this year, a 248 batting average, um, and he's done, um, 
what many people um, would consider um, a really, really good job. And it is a really good job because it, um, it finishes with um, chances at the playoffs. Um, what I feel like Anthony Rizzo um, does really well is hit. Um, and fielding is um, usually there, too, as well. Um, and if Anthony Rizzo pans out in New York, um, we could definitely see a turnaround from Aaron Boone's Yankees. Um, but I feel like right there for the Yankees, it's management. Um, nothing wrong with what the talent they have. I mean, Aaron Judge, Rune Middledore, um, Glaber Torres, um, Brett Gardner, um, DJ LeMahieu, um, Aaron Judge, and what a good, um, team this is, um, consistently management, um, has really struggled for them, um, over the last couple years, and it shows, um, it's not looking good at all, and it could be a lot better, um, but in this situation, we don't know, um, what we are going to see, maybe a turnaround, um, or maybe they're just too far, um, down at this point, uh, but I feel like it is good for a turnaround, and they are looking for that. Um, besides Anthony Rizzo, um, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. Trey Turner is one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball right now. Um, hits really, really well. He's lights out when it hit when he when it comes to hitting, um, and. Max Scherzer's got some crazy stuff. Changeup is absolutely unhittable, along with the slider and knuckle curve, um, along with a overpowering fastball, um, which he can elevate or go in and out or paint the corners um, and use it really well to his advantage. Um, not bad if we... Um, if we uh, see something great out of Max Scherzer and Trey Turner on the Dodgers this year. That will end segment number one on the Sports Insight podcast here on Anchor. We'll be right back after this for segment number two, where we will talk, um, recap the NBA draft, and have our special guest on for segment number three in our AFC South predictions coming up on the show today, we will have um, all five segments, and uh, we'll have four segments today um, to end our show, but our special guest coming up in segment uh, number two and three, um, probably be on for the rest of the show right after this, um, and... Um, news coming in that Jose Barrios, um, 
is traded from the Twins. Um, and that's interesting. Um, he's very, very good. Um, so that will be interesting to see um, as a top pitcher in Major League Baseball. Um, we'll be right back after this break um, to start segment number two on our NBA draft recap after um, the draft uh, last night. Hello? Okay. Okay, so, okay, first, um, okay. I don't know really how to introduce you, but, okay. Um, I'm going to ask you questions on the NBA draft, um, the Tennessee Titans, and your thoughts on the AFC South this year, because I'm supposed to, okay. So, I'm going to start with the NBA draft. So, yesterday, um, we saw the NBA draft, um, first round and second round, full, um, and... Of course, we saw Cade Cunningham go number one. Um, and the first three picks were basically locks, I guess, um, in the draft, I guess. And most people thought that Jalen Sokes would go um, to Toronto, um, but he went to the Magic, in which I had in my mock draft. So this is interesting. Okay, so starting with Cade Cunningham... I like Cade Cunningham, um, and I think Cade Cunningham is good. He's versatile, but what can he bring to Detroit? Well, my... obviously Detroit drafted Killian Hayes last year, so it's interesting to see how those two, that dynamic will operate. I think you have to take Cade Cunningham with the first pick, though, in any draft because he's just a generational talent. You don't find point guards that are that big and that skilled. So Detroit, I mean, it's a win for Detroit because they haven't had a number one pick in twenty five years. Let's just hope. Let's just hope he doesn't pull a Ben Simmons and can't shoot, or yeah. doesn't want to shoot while also not being able to shoot. Um, I um another one that I really was interested in was um Charlotte taking um James Balknight from UConn. I'm interested in this. Why is it with Charlotte in guards in the NBA draft? Charlotte have drafted a ton of guards over the past five years in the NBA draft. I would say that they're just trying to – they continue to kind of swing and miss on a lot of guards. They haven't really had a massive win besides LaMelo Ball. They drafted Malik Monk. Devontae Graham's been good. Obviously, LaMelo Ball – they have some other ones that they've traded away and things like that. But they're really strong at the guard position. They probably need some more depth in other places, wouldn't you say? Uh, I would say probably forward, center. Yeah, I don't really think that um, Cody Zeller is going to cut it. Yeah, um, I think he's old. I think he's old. At they this need point. to strengthen their, for- their front court positions. Um, another one that I'm interested in is New Orleans. Um, 
Uh, I don't see much there um, in New Orleans from a draft standpoint, but if um, if they really like, if they really get um, to a point where they can develop um, all these draft picks, they can be really good. And of course, Zion was one of their biggest ones. Um, what do you think about uh, New Orleans's draft? Um. I think Zaire Williams is an interesting prospect. I really like his size, but he probably does need to fill out out of his 185-pound frame. I would say Herbert Jones is a really strong pick, really uh, proven at the highest level in the SEC this year. I think he's been – he was good in college. He was very productive, and he's more of a veteran-type player. Jared Butler, another player proven at the highest level in the NCAA tournament all the way to the championship game. I would say that a lot of these players were kind of shied away from from other teams, and even Greg Brown. Greg Brown is more of a raw prospect instead of someone who's been kind of playing at the college level for multiple years. I think a lot of people were shying away from these prospects because they're a little bit older and they're more of a proven quantity. You know what you're going to get out of them less than, oh, they could become a great NBA all-star. So... Mm -hmm. I'm fine with the position drafting as well. I think that they really needed people who could shoot the ball because they have Lonzo Ball, not a super reliable shooter, although he's a lot better this year. Zion Williamson barely shoots. They have um, two centers who don't shoot. Jackson Williams out of Texas a couple years ago, they drafted him. He's more of a patented old-school rim protector, doesn't shoot the ball. They also have Derek Favors from the Jazz that they got a couple years ago. Again, a non-shooting center. So they needed some depth in areas where they need players to be able to shoot in the shooting guard, small forward, power forward positions. Um, another pick I really like is um Corey Kispert. Um, I feel like he's very very talented. Um, probably one of the best we've seen come out of Gonzaga. Um, over a couple years um span, of course Drew Timmy is up there and probably was a little bit better than Kispert. Um, at least last year. Um. But nothing wrong with Kispert, though. Um, really good small forward. Um, and he's got um, great handles. And um, I feel like he's good when it comes to setting up teammates. And he's very good defensively. Um, and that kind of brings, uh, like, me to think that forwards have a little bit more um, – strength defensively just because of um how height um they have now at the forward position either power forward or small forward um yeah. and and then guards we've seen smaller guards like um Trey Young, Drew Holiday and guys like that um and they're still really good uh guards but if you look at defensively and offensively and ways they can move in transition, I would rather um, go with a little bit um, taller guard at that position. But um, I really think that he is a, is a good pick um, in the draft. I would tend to agree there. I think that he's probably – they're probably looking for someone, someone to fill in the spot that possibly Bradley Beal could leave this summer – 
or if they want to move Bradley Beal to the one, if Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers as being rumored to be in a trade deal. I think they're probably looking to try to fill out a more of a younger starting lineup instead of relying on an unhappy Bradley Beal or very aging Russell Westbrook. Already drafted Denny Adia last year. And you can actually get, and you can actually get a um you can actually get a uh three point shooter unlike sorry Davis Bertans, but seriously dude. You're like seven foot tall, but you can still shoot threes. I don't get it. Um looking like Luca shooting the ball. But he um, is a fantastic shooter, he just doesn't play defense, so Yeah. Um Another one I like, Moses Moody out of Arkansas. I really like this pick. Um, seems like he really fits in the position where he is right now. Um, and I would say that him going to the Warriors is a good pick. It's basically, it's basically um, one of the best talented guards in the SEC. Uh, led his team to a NCAA tournament, um, and I feel like um, that's respectable as, um, I guess, one of the best shooting guards I've seen in the SEC. Um, well, of course, you have um, Darren Fox um, from Kentucky and um, Devin Booker. But if we look at a guy from Arkansas, we really haven't seen that um, at all. Yeah, I would say Arkansas have been a little bit down in their powers recently, back to their old um, press mania days in the 90s. But I like Moses Moody, too. I think that they bring him in, probably trying to learn from Clay Thompson as he's getting up in the years, may need to get rid of him because he's so injury-prone lately. He might just be past his best. They could probably still get a big deal in the trade market for Clay Thompson. So if they can get Moses Moody to learn, because a lot of times in this college game, he would disappear for long stretches of the game. And he's really dependent on other shot-creating players to find him. So I think that if they can get his percentages from three and two up, from 43% from two, 31 from three, and I think they get him to be more consistent in performing on the offensive end, then they've got a real good player on their hands. And for him to be six foot six, two oh five at nineteen, that's absolutely insane. Um, I mean, guy's got a lot of talent as well. Um, and another guy from the SEC, uh, Joshua Primo. Um, I really like him from Alabama, uh, shooting guard, and really, really, really one of the best I've seen. Um, from Alabama, of course, they are a lower team of over the years. Um, at least in the last uh, three or four, they've been at the bottom. And um, it's interesting how they turned that around. Um, and they did a good job with doing that. Um, I like it a lot. Um, and see a lot out of him, um, especially coming from Alabama. He is the youngest draftee, not turning 19 until late December-ish. So, I mean, he's younger than most of the high school seniors. Mm-hmm. And I think he came out of he came out of Alabama. Obviously, that was a great team last year going out to UCLA in the NCAA tournament, who were another great story in the NCAA tournament. I but mean, 
Johnny Juzang, just just to, he will definitely be a first rounder next year. Um, yeah, and I feel like the same for Drew Timmy. Like if you look at look if you look at those two guys and the impact they made on the year, um, I see a lot from them. Yeah, I think um, more of a potential draft pick for the Spurs. I like his six foot six size. He needs to fill out though. But he's super young. He's super, super young. He's got a lot of potential. And the Spurs, right now, their backcourt is pretty crowded with Derek White, Patty Mills, players like that. However, even uh, DeJounte Murray. However, I think that Joshua Primo is one for the future. And we'll just like to see how he pans out. Another guy that I was really interested in was Quentin Grimes from Houston. Um, I feel like this guy fits in every situation possibly with every single team other than like the Lakers or something. He is a, he's a very, he's a proven player. He played very well defensively in that system. He helped lead Houston to the final four. He was fantastic in those NCAA tournament games. Six, five, two Oh five. Great. Pretty filled out as a player. He's strong. And I say he has some offensive attributes that he could work on. But defensively, you like his tenacity and his intensity and hope you can bring that to the next level. Um, he can play on ball. He can play off ball. He can um, match up against smaller guards, even bigger guards and forwards. Um, he can at least get a hand in there or um, with a little bit of help from um, a defensive anchored center, um, he could – get some steals and um, that can lead to assists and his transition game, especially in the NCAA tournament was immaculate. And I feel like that is something that a great guard needs that trait to be um, one of the best. And I feel like he is prepared for a um, NBA system um, and ready to, uh, take that next step. I think it's a real positive in his game that he brings defensive intensity, and you can't really teach that to players. It's more of a one-two type of type of thing and a mentality, and you can always work on his offensive attributes, but you can't change how much he wants it on defense. So, I think he's a good player for the Clippers to develop. Well, we have to talk about this guy because everybody's going to say that this guy should have not gone in the top four because top four or top five because. He lost in the championship. Jalen Suggs, um, Minnesota native himself, um, went to Gonzaga. And um, interesting for me to go ahead and say this, but he was absolutely great his whole entire um, time there. And I feel like he will be one of the best starting guards in the next couple of years, um, especially on a Magic team that uh, struggles with that um, position. Because, of course, Markel Fultz is, like, broken. And, um, of course, you have Terrence Ross, but at forward, that's interesting um, to see what they will do with him. But Jalen Suggs would really fit that um, guard position. I think Jalen Suggs is a great player. Something that you see in him when you watch his game 
is the ability to stand out in big moments. And the Magic need players like that more. After just drafting Cole Anthony last year and trading for Markel Fultz recently, I mean, I think last year the guard position for them was crowded but not elite. I think probably looking for someone to come in like Jalen Suggs to play off as a combo guard in combination with Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Marco Fultz is definitely not the most talented shooter. So you're looking He's injury for prone Suggs. too. He's injury prone too, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You're looking for Jalen Suggs to come in and provide some more shooting to that backcourt, but I think they're probably gonna have to work on that since he was a career more like 29-30% shooter at Gonzaga. But he really stands out in big moments. And that's something you can't say about all young players. Um, I feel like um he really changed the guard position when it came to college guards. Um, in a sense, and um, I think of uh, the Magic, their guard position as kind of Charlotte, too. Um, kind of younger guards, um, less, ex- um, of course, you have LaMelo in Charlotte, um, and you got Miles Bridges and Malik Monk, of course, but um, right there, I don't see too much of an elite guard position. Um of course, we know Lamella Ball is special, one rookie of the year. But I look at Orlando and Charlotte, and I see uh, – I don't see much um, of, like, high-caliber stuff at guard position, kind of like um, Atlanta has or um, Washington has or um, especially um, Devin Booker, too. Um, in Phoenix, he's great. Chris Paul, um, and Jamal Murray, um, of course, and then DeMar DeRozan, um, and DeJounte Murray. So I don't see that type of high caliber stuff yet. Um, but I could see Jalen Suggs maybe getting up to that level, um, as he's one special talented guard. Mm-hmm. And they're probably looking for him to prosper on the highest level because he's been a streaky shooter for sure, but he played really well in big games and was the best player in that Gonzaga team when it mattered most. So he brings a lot to the game, obviously both sides of the both sides of the court, defense and offense, as well as setting up his teammates. So fantastic young player, and the Magic will be happy to have him. Mm-hmm. Um. I think uh, Josh Giddy will be another one that everyone is surprised by. Um, just really looking into this guy um, ahead of the draft, of course, playing in Australia, um, and then entering the NBA draft is a. We've seen many players um, come from Australia, um, Slovakia. Um, different types of um, countries, all different types of countries entering the NBA draft, and they are special. Um, Luka Dantic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Dirk Nowitzki, um, got, well, guys that sometimes have been here for a while or are still pretty young, and they um, come over from these places and they make a huge impact. Um and Josh Giddy could be one of those. Um, great at guard and um, great, I feel like, in every way. Um, if I think about 
um, what a guard is supposed to have. I think of a uh, great leadership, um, a great court vision, um, way to find his open teammates, um, move the ball around, especially um, having great ball movement is key, especially um, if you um, miss your target, <clears throat> J.R. Smith. But um, besides that, um, I feel like a guard definitely has to move um, the floor and um, make tons of different um, changes to the game. Uh, they have to adapt really early um, and often. And they basically have to be that person that um, runs the floor and um, is a great leader. And defensively, uh, you have to be really, really good, especially now um, with bigger and bigger guards coming in um, to the NBA. Yeah, I agree with Josh Giddy, with that opinion. I think Josh Giddy is a great player, but he's probably more of an unproven quantity at this moment coming out of Australia. He is really young at 19. Uh, he's definitely got a lot of potential, and the main thing that sticks out when you think about him is super-sized point guard. Six foot eight, six foot nine-ish, can play the shooting guard or the point guard. His main attribute that makes him special is his playmaking, and his basketball IQ is really high. He's his issue is probably his defense and his physical frame at the moment, but he's so young that he's really early in the stages of physical development. He'll probably fill out and even maybe grow an inch or two more. And so I think they're probably looking to improve on his uh, defensive game at the moment. He's pretty apathetic on defense. He gets taken advantage of by players at higher skill level than him. And, but they'll obviously be thrilled with the fact that he's a fantastic ball mover. He averaged 7.4 assists, which led the ABO in Australia. And you have to think that he's also a very he's a very anticipation-based defender. He's smart. He looks for rebounds and tries to feed the ball from people more from behind and get steals like that. But as a like true on-ball defender, he's not very good at the moment. So they'll look to improve on that. I would say that that's a great um, that's a great analysis right there. Um, and um, another one that I another player that I would really want to look at. I really haven't looked at um, forwards or centers. So Evan Mobley out of uh, Southern California. I really like this guy. I got to see him um, a lot in college. Um, and probably one of the best, if not the best, center in the um, pack this year. But as Southern California um, – at Southern California, he played really, really well. Um, great shot blocker, pretty much a defensive anchor, um, has good size um, and good speed for a center. Um, he's able to um, – he's great in the post, um, but definitely needs to work on um, – definitely needs to work on um, a little bit of rebounding, especially offensively. Um but defensively, he looks really good. Um, but definitely rebounding will come into a factor, especially with um, guys like Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis, 
Brooke Lopez, um, and uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton, um, Nikola Jokic. So guys that are at that center position and they get a lot of rebounds. Um, and one of those positions where you could easily get triple doubles, um, as we've seen uh, Nikola Jokic do, especially. Um, yeah. And when I talk about um, a center, I look at what they can do, um, especially um, wingspan definitely comes into play. Um, but also, I wouldn't always um, try and go straight at the defense. I'd maybe um, set up a pick and roll situation. Um, and uh, that could help open up um, passing lanes for um, smaller guards or um, forwards that um, need to rely on that big man at some point. Yeah, I uh, agree. During games. Because you're definitely going to use um, a center or a power forward there, um, especially because, of course, like Minnesota uses, um, Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys where you can definitely rely on him offensively. Because um, if you look at what um, Anthony Edwards may have to struggle with is being on the smaller side of some bigger forwards or um, bigger guards than um, that, especially like uh, Trey Young and Clint Capella, um, definitely relying on that big man, um, especially with that um, floater or the alley um, to Clint Capella is dangerous because you look at what Trey Young can do, um, really, really good, especially, um, but definitely can be um, hard to defend at points and easy to defend at points, um, depending on smaller guard or if he blows right past you. Like we saw in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against Drew Holiday, we saw that same thing. Um, He was dominant because they weren't ready for that um, high-paced, high-paced offense, of course. Um, And that's why he uses um, Kevin Herter, with his six seven frame um, and John Collins as well, and that team uh, really uses a lot. Um, of course, they have Bogey and um, Gallo, so that's interesting um, to see what um, he uses all the time. If he has the ball in his hands, he's great. Um, but if he wants to use um, his forwards or centers or even guards, um, as he's got guards at 6'7", and Kevin Herter, I really like it. Um, And you can use Cam Reddish, too, uh, as we saw late in the playoffs, too. So you don't really have to rely on that point guard to be that main guy, um, and you can uh, basically give it to everybody on the floor. Um, I feel like that is one trait that, um, Evan Mobley could do and help uh, smaller guards. Yeah, I think Evan Mobley is a really good player. I think physically, you saw his speed in college stick out. He was very good in the post, and he, he just looks so long. 
in that environment. He looks so long underneath the basket, in the post, on defense, blocking shots, running up and down the floor. He's good in transition. I think he's a really good big man, but the question is definitely, can he produce number one or number two option scoring for a team in the NBA? I don't know if that's the case. Um, I'm not sure there, um, but I could definitely see him a defensive anchor. Um, and I could see him a good post scorer um, and he can get rebounds. Um, but assist is one of those things that I see him definitely doing. Um, he's able to, he's able to um, spread the ball uh, around to his teammates. Um, even when they do give it to him, um, and, of course, he's not going to be running the floor, so he will ar- already be down. Um, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he matches up against um, those forwards and centers um, now in the NBA with um, experience. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a pretty good wrap of the NBA draft, I would say. I think we covered a lot of areas uh, so far. I mean, it was a good draft. It was a pretty interesting draft. There was a lot of different storylines going on. And I liked a lot of the picks. Um, yeah, I think uh, we covered most of it. Um, so as we switch over to AFC South now in uh, NFL, so I've been giving my predictions um, – on all of the divisions so far, and this is my last division. I did the AFC North um, a couple days ago. And now um, the question is, is what's going to happen? This is a great time because, well, not a great time, but it's interesting that I'm doing the AFC South on the same day that Carson Wentz sat out on an injury in practice today. Um, well, we see what's going on with training camp. Um, of course, uh, tons of teams are looking really good um, right now. And um, one of these key things about the AFC South um, is, okay, you have Julio Jones in Tennessee. Um, and, when you look at what Ryan Tannehill did last year was great. I mean, what he's been doing for the last couple of years, um, he's one of the, he's a good quarterback, a great quarterback. And I feel like he um, is super dynamic. He throws one of the best footballs I've seen in my entire life. Um, I see him up there with uh, Kirk Cousins too. Um, as ball IQ goes, um, but I would put um, Ryan Tannehill in that bigger position than uh, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford. Um, but I could, but he's kind of that pocket passer as archetyped um, with a little bit of mobile mobility outside the pocket. Um, but usually he'll stand and just fire it because he's got A.J. Brown and had Corey Davis. Um, but especially that number one guy, A.J. Brown, um, could definitely burn some corners, I'm telling you. But um, I really like Tennessee and what they have. Defensively, they got holes, big ones. 
Yes, we do. Although we did revamp our secondary completely almost. And I think the main thing from this this summer of offseason has been trying to revamp the defense, bring in new personnel, and try again. I'm going to be honest. I think Vrabel was a little bit out of his depth last year with the defensive coordinator job. Even as he's been a really good head coach, I think his hiring in the coaching positions has been really good. DMPs was fantastic for us before he went into retirement, not permanently, and then immediately went to Atlanta after the season when we sucked at defense, which is a bit annoying. And as well as Arthur Smith on offense, he was fantastic last year. His coordinating mixed it up. He really had defenses on their back feet at all times, making our offense one of the best in the league. And what I could say, when I watched Atlanta last year, that was terrible, okay? Defensively, we were horrible. And we were supposed to have a defensive-minded coach, so our defense should be good. But it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, it was bad. The Titans um, definitely gonna have to, are going to struggle this year after losing. Last year, we lost our fantastic defensive coordinator, I mean, Butler's gone, too, though, from that um, defense. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what you have there. Did we Last year, we lost our best defensive coordinator, and we turned out to be a horrible defensive team, especially our secondary. It was pretty awful to watch at times, just, just giving up points after points after points. So we were in shootouts almost every game, it felt like. And then this year, we lose our fantastic offensive coordinator, so... We may just suck at everything this year. Um, I feel like you're fine with Ryan Tannehill, though, and I wouldn't see too many problems on the line. Um, but I really like what you have in Derrick Henry. That dude is a monster. Um, and Josh Norman knows very, very well <laughs> off of last season. Um, I yeah. really like what you have. I mean, you have, um, like, okay, Ryan Tano throws for over, like, 2,000 yards, and then you got Derrick Henry, who's, like, one of the top rushers up there with Derrick uh, Dalvin Cook there, too, um, that can rush for 2,000 yards. Um, and then you have A.J. Brown, who can literally catch, like, 20 touchdowns. So you're fine, and um, addition of Julio, too, is going to be interesting. Um, of course, he's reaching the peak, uh, 32, but um, where it starts to go down. But um, I could see four or five more years of Julio, um, maybe even six or seven, uh, depending on injuries and health um, concerns. But I feel like um, former Falcons wide receiver can do um, a really good job, especially um, playing at a high caliber um, at 32 is interesting. Yeah, I think that um, the main thing for me with the Titans this season is that fantastic offensive personnel. You just can't beat A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside just tearing up defenders, and then Derrick Henry in the middle. If you don't pack the box, he's going to run for 200 yards a game. So I really don't know how a coordinator could mess it up, but 
our defense was pretty good the year before, and we sucked the next year. So, I think that um, the only the only thing I'm gonna say here. Okay, we're gonna get to um, records in a minute, um, but when I think of a division, I think of this is not a wide open division. As much as many people think that an offense like that can win a division, defense is the other hand there, and I don't know. I think that um, the division is really the Titans, the Titans at the moment. Um, you look at what the Jags are doing and think, yeah, they're trying to make strides. They're trying to improve, but really they're probably through for another season of hardship. Well, um, and we and we um, need uh, more status on Carson Wentz. And of course, uh, news broke that he um, will sit out today's practice due to a foot injury. Um, interesting here, um, but even without um, Carson Wentz, may have some struggles um, in his first year. But really, a good connection with Frank Reich um, to be back, but. Um, of course, we don't know um, certain situations here. Um, of course, we have Sam Donald in Carolina, same thing um, as well. Their new quarterback um, coming in and uh, Teddy Bridgewater gone to Denver um, just to back up the worst starting quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Um, but to um, go ahead and uh talk about his status here um we don't know for sure how long this is going to be if he'll be out for toward week one um but hopefully we'll get some more news on that um that should be interesting um and Carson Wentz is, has not had a horrible year um other than last year so it really um depends on what um, happens with his injury and um, defensively they're pretty good so I would say yep I think that um, the Colts definitely have a fantastic defense Darius Leonard setting up to be the highest in the NFL which I think he deserves he was fantastic last year um they're definitely a solid team. They're the best competition in the division. But without a quarterback, you just don't know where they're going to go. Um, I love their running backs, dude. Um, there's no doubt that they have, um, as I would say, that Derrick Henry would be better than all those guys. But as of um, depth at running back, I would definitely say that they have the best in that division. I think they are they are they have the best complete running back core in the division. Probably the most complete running back core if you include like if you gave everyone's every team's top three running backs, they probably have the best three. Um if you add them all up in a tally, but I don't think one of them is simply fantastic. I think they they have obviously Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and then also John, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. And so they've got three really good running backs with a little bit of mix of everything. If I had to pick a number one guy there, I would definitely say um, I would take Marlon Mack over Naheem Hines. Um, 
but I would take Jonathan Taylor over Marlon Mack, and I would say um, Mack and Taylor would compete for number one. Um, but Hines could definitely get some playing time, um, and that's always interesting to watch. Um, yeah. And they're always an interesting team to watch in the preseason because we get to see all three running backs play because um, usually two are battling for a starting job and then one is the backup. Mm-hmm. I would say the Colts are definitely the best competition out to the Titans in this division to win it this year. If Carson Wentz turns out, then they could definitely win the division. Um, I'd, I'd say that this team is definitely going to be a dark horse pick. Um, for me this year in the NFL, um, and a lot of te- a lot of teams are going to be surprised um, that they win eleven uh, games, but I feel like they will win eleven games, eleven and six for the Colts. Um, but they're going to fall behind um, by like a game to Tennessee, so I think Tennessee will win. Um, yeah, they're. Division, I don't see 13 wins for Tennessee, not at this moment. Uh, new coordinator. And it's going to be interesting to see how this defense holds up. Yeah. I um, think it's fair to say that the Colts are probably one of the most un- uh, unknown teams going into the season. They don't really – their quarterback, obviously, with the injury and the fact that we haven't really seen him in a team that's prepared to win – his wide receivers in Philadelphia were not capable at all. Um, um, and I remember tons and tons of um, NBA, uh, NFL, uh, and now, um, like, analysts were ta- talking when they drafted Jalen Rager um, about how dynamic he could be and the impact that he could have on a young team along with um, – Travis Fulgham, I don't see much there that really helped me believe that they were going to be a great team. And especially Philadelphia should be one of those teams that we look at and be like, okay, they should be up there with the Redskins or the football team, excuse me, football team. Um, They should be up there with Washington. They should be up there with Dallas. They should be up there um, in that division especially over New York. Um, but here in doubt da- with Dallas and New York, it's interesting for me to see that this whole entire division, we had seven and nine, six and 10, six and 10, four, 11 and one. That is terrible. Yeah. It's a, very, very awful division last season. I don't see the same happening. I think the Cowboys will be comfortable in this division at this moment. Um, and to think that um, they gave Washington home field advantage in the first in the first game, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah, I think that... Um, Wait, why did they do that, though? I don't understand that, okay? Because Tampa Bay had the better record. I don't know. Anymore. They played the better division though, so they finished second in the division and had to play. I mean, the playoff system is a different question as to whether it works or not. But the AFC South, I think right now, my prediction would be Titans, uh, eleven and five, Colts eight and eight, Houston 
five and eleven, Jacksonville three and thirteen. What we play seventeen. Oh, we're we play playing seventeen. Extra. Yeah, we play extra. Eleven and six, nine and eight, four and thirteen for uh, Jacksonville, and then six and eleven for Houston. Right now, I see. Um, I see right now um, twelve and five for Tennessee, um, eleven and six for Indianapolis, um, along with um, Houston at uh, three and fourteen, and um, Jacksonville at sheesh, two and fifteen. I don't see them winning absolutely anything. I don't know how Urban Meyer's going to do. Um, you basically drafted James Robinson's replacement and Carlos Hyde, so he's going to be the third string running back. They, they, uh, Jacksonville, um, they were going to make the Urban Meyer was going to make the decision to move James Robinson to the practice squad or not. Um, luckily, he's not, but James Robinson won't be the starter. After rushing for a thousand yards, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't think Un, Meyer undrafted, has undrafted here too. Let's not forget undrafted too, and this is why I um brought up my NFL running back theory, in which um they have one of the best um chances of success from being undrafted, as we've seen over the years. Um, of course or late-round picks, as I would say. Chris Carson, seventh-round pick from Oklahoma State. And Rashad Penny was drafted in that into that Seattle system, and he's terrible. <laughs> and he's not the starter. <laughs> he's not the starter. Seattle have also had a pretty deep running back core. Not so great, but deep. Um, Chris Carson's good. Chris Carson's good. Yeah. He is good. But then you also had, at some point, you had Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, and then an aging um, Mark, uh, Marshawn Lynch. And it was just... Okay, 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 okay. We're not gonna... We're not... They brought him back for, like, one playoff game. Yeah, but it was still there, and it was just not good. And they won 17 to 9. Yeah. I Over think that, Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. Okay. That, Let's talk about yeah, Houston. Their struggle this year, more than people think. I don't think mm-hmm. Russell Wilson has enough help on his team. Houston here, I just don't know what they're doing anymore. Um, I don't even know what happened to Deshaun. Um, I hope Tyrod can not have his lung punctured ever again. Um I like um, Tyrod. I've always, I've always uh, respected him. Um, he's gotten his job taken like three times. I just, I can't see how Houston are going to turn this ship around. They signed a coach who was horrible for Baltimore. Have you, have have you seen the, Have back. you seen Detroit? Have you seen Detroit? He's over there biting people's kneecaps off. Um, in his first press conference. Uh, we're going to bite your kneecap off and um, we're going to eat it and 
then we're going to take you down. Thank you all for listening to Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and I will see you all on Monday for next week next week's episodes um and um it should be an exciting one as we head closer to um beginning of preseason um ahead of the NFL season along with um MLB updates um and Scores along with um, some um, new, um, some interesting um, news about um, um, college football coming in next week. I will do um, college football reviews. and maybe some rankings of some um, positions and coaches in the NFL um, and have more um, laid-back episodes um, next week. Thank you all for listening to this week's episodes. Um, I hope you guys really enjoy these, and I hope to have more special guests in the future, um, shout out to my cousin James uh, for joining the show, um, and um, everyone have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you all on Monday, and I'm out.